Welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know we don't that you don't have lots of time to watch lengthy professional development webinars. So we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. And I'm really excited because today I have someone here. Um, his name is Adrian Gordon, and I first met him at an AFME conference in Florida. I think it was in 2019, prior to the pandemic, right? Prior to the right. <laughs> Yeah. And um, he and I got a chance to talk there. And since then, he has written a book entitled Note to Self. And we're going to dive into that today. Um, but he comes to us with experience as a strings teacher, five through 12th grade in North Carolina. He's also taught general music, choir, assistant band director. He conducts all state honor groups and is a clinician. And you guys get the idea. He's, he's uh, highly sought after for lots of different reasons. But today I sought him to help us with busy band directors. And his specialty that we're going to talk about today is based around his book, Note to Self, about transitioning into your new position, music teaching position with ease from a director who's done it. So welcome aboard, Adrian Gordon. Hey, Leslie, thanks so much for having me. Gosh, I'm super excited to to get to talk to you again after talking to you several years ago and just you know, seeing all the cool stuff you're doing on social media. Can you just yeah. give everybody a little bit of your background? You know, what inspired you be, to become a music teacher and and to do this work? Yeah, um, well, I started teaching. This, this, I'm going into my 19th year teaching now, but I started right out of school and actually teaching found me. Um, I got a call from a principal saying, hey, uh, would you mind coming in and interviewing for a, a general music position? And I thought it was going to be something temporary. Um, and I, I went in thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll do this for a couple months, maybe a year. Um, but it stuck. And I, I ended up falling in love with um, watching the light bulbs go off in students' minds. And, and when they see that, hey, I can do this and I can do it well, I really enjoy seeing that. So it stuck with me all these years. So, yeah, that's where the, uh, the love of music education started for me. Those light bulb moments, you know, I've always taught high school until this year. So this is year 35. I'm in a middle school and there are more light bulb moments. Some days there aren't any, but you know, yeah, it's so much even more in that, in that beginner stage. And it's, I forgot how exciting that is, is they're just discovering stuff so fast. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you've not just been in one position all these 19 years, you've had several job transitions. And so I'm assuming that either out of necessity or, or because you're so good at it intuitively or something, there was a reason that you took those transitions and ended up writing this book called note to self. Tell us, tell us about what led to this. Well, funny enough, um, I was greatly inspired by you when we first met back in uh, 2019 um, and seeing your, your journey and, and writing and ultimately giving back uh, to, to the music education community. And that's what I honestly, I talk about that in, in the dedication of the book. I say, you know, to my fellow music educators who tirelessly strive to leave a profession in better shape than they found it. And that was the idea. I wanted to give back and, uh, and leave the music education community with something that's helpful and valuable um, and that's not really addressed in music schools. So that's the idea uh, behind the book. And, you know, I hope it, it helps people. I hope that they love it and, you know, find some, some value in it. And um, you know, hopefully schools start catching on that these are kind of the intangible things that really need to be talked about in the conservatory university level. 
Yeah. And, you know, having switched jobs positions for the first time in 20 years last year and your book had just come out and I happened to be able to look at it. It got me to really think differently before I walked into the classroom, you know, about Mm. not just barging in and change and everything, you know, really thinking about that. And I hadn't changed roles in such a long time. Um, yeah, that that it 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 gave pause and and made me much more intentional about how I started this year. And I think that that's yeah. super. That's a, that's a huge, huge deal that you that you do that in your book. And so, um, yeah. Well, in addition to the way uh, you inspired me, I also had a difficult transition in my last uh, job where I had done all these different positions and coming into that new environment, I was having a hard time getting the kids on board, um, getting the parents on board. And I was thinking, man, I've done all these transitions before. What's the big deal? So I ended up writing all these things down, discussing it with my best friend and talking to colleagues. And then at the end of it, you know, this kind of came to fruition where I was like, oh, this is something that could turn into a book and be helpful to other people. Um, And and so that's ultimately how the book came about um, once I got that ball rolling. Yeah, it is. It's like a lesson plan for the new the yes. teacher to follow for themselves. Do these steps, yes. you know. And that's that's in our nature as teachers, isn't it? We look, we learn something, we love it. We go, oh, this is easy. Let me help you. And yeah, I always I equate it to if we were watching a student struggle with something musically, maybe they were practicing a a pattern on the trombone and it went from F to F sharp back and forth. And you watch them go first and fifth and first and fifth and back and forth. You could just go like, wow, just move your wrist faster, blah, blah, blah. Or you could say, Hey, look, there's an alternate position. You could play that right. position and go five, six, five. And if you have a tool or a strategy that can help somebody and make their life easier, why wouldn't you share it? So I understand that that whole purpose behind the book. Cause now it's like, well, yeah, let's, let's help some folks. So yeah. you discuss a lot of things. I want to dive into a couple things cause we're still, gonna sure. keep, we want to keep it brief here, but we also want to provide our listeners with some, some really cool takeaways. So you, you talk about something that is really important. And I think some, I'm going to speak from experience. Some high school band directors, I'm pointing my fingers at myself, have big egos. And we want to do it all ourselves because we can do it better. We can do it faster. Nobody's going to be as good as we are. And um, you talk about the importance of getting other people on board with the vision too, and not just maybe going in and bulldozing the whole thing. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think it's important to keep your, uh, you know, hyper-focused on the success of your students and really not let your own um, ego get in the way. You know, I've had that too, where I go in, I'm thinking, oh, I want to, you know, do this kind of music and play like this and do that and really forget why I'm doing what I'm doing and realizing that I'm in the field of people and connecting with people and that music happens to be the vehicle. So it it was important for me to connect with my students and figure out a way to bring them on board and clarify uh, my vision. So, you know, one of the things that I did was I, I talk about my vision when I first step into the classroom before we even play a single note. What's my vision? And I include them in that. What do you guys want to see? What is it that you want from? And you can start small just from this year or semester from this semester what do you expect to see um so that they're invested and they feel like they have a voice in what's happening uh in their own music education so that's an important part of it too yeah yeah and then there's buy-in when they have a voice and then they yeah it's it becomes a machine and then you get to step back a little bit yeah yep yep so um one of the things i thought was really interesting you talk about people should expect changes and that's obvious, right? You're going and doing a new job. A lot of things will change, but you address changes within oneself when taking on a new role. Talk, talk a little mm. bit about that. Cause I, I wouldn't have thought about that 
prior, you know, because you always think about the other changes. So that was interesting. Yeah, um, because when you a lot of times when you're teaching, you, you get into these cycles or ruts where you're just doing and doing and doing. You're not really thinking about what you're doing. And sometimes that changes. You know, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's, you know, never say never. Anything can happen. Anything can change at any given moment, including ourselves. So if there's a better way that you can think of communicating information or teaching uh, different concepts to your students, be open to it. Um, and for me, when I first started teaching, I didn't have kids of my own. I didn't have a family. So it was easy for me to invest hours upon hours into preparing stuff for my kids. But um, in the next couple of transitions, once I started having a family of my own, I, I was different. I, I could not do the things that I used to do. I was changing myself and I had to recognize I was not in the same position as I was before. And that can be something different for everybody, whether it's a health issue, whether it's, you, you know, you're in a different setting, you're moving, uh, family uh, growing, you know, whatever the, the condition may be. Uh, but you have to accept that there is going to be change um, externally and how that affects you internally. So now I've, I, you know, once I had kids, I had to be more flexible and say, you know what, it's okay that I don't get to do 10 hours <laughs> of extra planning or whatever it is that I could dump into my own teaching. Um, it's okay if I don't do that. And I, I need to be okay with that and be flexible and think about what's the most important, what's, how am I going to prioritize what's the most important to my students and get that across instead of trying to have, keep everything exactly the way it was, you know, before. So. Right. We have to be, yeah, that's a whole mindfulness piece, being mindful of how things change and how we adapt to them. And you're right. God, yeah. the pandemic taught us all how to adapt to everything, but we're, we're musicians. We learn to improvise within it. Exactly. Then, but then we, sometimes we want to express different things because we're feeling different. So this, it was interesting to kind of observe myself a lot throughout this process this year as I've transitioned there into this new role. And um, it does change me. And I, yeah. I've, I've learned a lot about myself and, and a lot about middle school kiddos. Oh God, they're fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and also changing like the way I do things. Like I, I talk about how I used to give out <clears throat> practice logs and, you know, the, the verdict is still out on whether they're effective or not. Some people enjoy them. Some people don't, but in my uh, last transitions that I've kind of moved away from them, and it's just something that I had to change and, and see, is this really the be all end all? No, it's just something that I had been used to be, uh, I was used to doing and I can still function and get my uh, ideas and, and concepts across without that tool um, and be okay with that and just be flexible and adaptable. So that's another kind of practical example of one of the ways that I've had to change, see things differently. Before we get to the final thing, and I'm going to ask you in just a minute to share your three top tips for transitioning teachers, I just want to invite our listeners to take a moment to think about how you can put some of these practices we've talked about in the different episodes of Band Director Bootcamp podcasts into practice in your own life. Welcome, Band Director Bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual boot camp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. 
We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tuned systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. All right, we are back once again with Adrian Gordon, and I'm going to ask Adrian in the next three minutes to give us his three top tips for transitioning music teachers that are probably the most the ones you think would be most vital for somebody making a change. What would you tell us? Uh, the first thing I would say is if you can get your hands on a yearbook, do it um, as you're transitioning into your new school. Knowing names and faces really helps, you know, get you, you hit the ground running. Um, and I think it makes the students feel special if you kind of know some of them, not all of them. Some kids are going to be new, but if you have a general idea of who people are, where to go to ask for different things and, and um, administrators and, and colleagues. I think that's really helpful. Uh, helps you feel a little bit more settled. And I think it helps you uh, connect with your new community a little bit better. So that would be the first thing. If you can also, I would say connect with your outgoing director. I know it's not always possible, but if you can connect with the outgoing director and see what was the temperature of the program, what was being done, um, what things that, you know, probably should continue, maybe some things that, I'll keep it for this year and make in incremental changes and I'll, I'll work on something like that next year and change it around. Um, but if you can get in contact with the outgoing director, I think that's really valuable. Um, and also finding a mentor. If you can find a mentor uh, as you step into your new role, and it doesn't have to be somebody in the music department. It could be anybody that just has a pulse on the culture of the school. Um, they know exactly how things are done who to talk to, how to react in different situations based upon, you know, the way things have been done at the school. So, yeah, because they can't put that in a handbook, right? You need the real human being that can really read what Correct. you need. They can look at you and go, I know what you need, even when you can't ask the right question to figure out where to look it up. That's exactly. golden advice. All right. What else you got for us? That three. And then, yeah, I can give you one more too. Yeah. I, you know, I always think, um, if you can get a beginning of the year checklist, the beginning of the year is so messy. There's so many things going on and it takes a couple weeks for things to settle down. But if you can get a beginning of the year checklist where you go through and it can be things like um, instrument repairs, uh, cleaning up the room, uh, music orders. Maybe if you're ordering from like J to B pepper, um, if you're, if you have membership dues to like NAFNI or whatever your state uh, organization is, um, any of those things that need to get done at the beginning of the school year, do them then have that checklist. So you're, you're not kind of floundering as students are coming back in. And once you create it one time, you can just amend it each year, right? It's exactly. Like, and yeah. you have some samples in your book that people could use. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not going to let you go then, Adrian, until you take a moment and tell us how we can find out where can we get your book, where can we find out more about you and other things that you do for guest conducting or clinicians, whatever people are looking for when they, yeah, how can they get in touch with you? 
Yeah. So if anyone wants to reach out or um, just find out where I am and, and what I'm doing, they can find me on adriangordonmusic.com. And it has my itinerary for different uh, conducting things that I'm doing or clinics or um, performances, all, all of the above. And the book, you can find, you know, as soon as you log onto the, the website, you'll see a button for the book. Click on that and it takes you straight to the purchase. So if you're getting a new job this year, grab the book. If one of your colleagues or you got a new person coming in or you just had a student teacher, this book will help all of them. I was a 34-year veteran going into my 35th year, but it was a new role. So I was really grateful for this book. So that's why I was so excited, Adrian, that you were willing to come on here and share this with more folks because that's our purpose here at Band Director Bootcamp. So I want to thank Adrian and all of you listeners out there who are making a difference every day in kids' lives through the magic of music education. The work you do matters, and so do you. Join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of Productivity and Wellness Tips to Make Your Life a Little Easier.